You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is Father James Scholl, and I want to continue with a lecture that is entitled Art, Faith, and Creativity. Uh, it's a lecture that was scheduled to have been given at the Maritime Conference at LaSalle University in uh, 2012, but was not because I think I was sick at the time. Uh, and it will probably be published in their journals, but here I think it might be worthwhile to um, go over this uh, interesting uh, issue of the relation of art and faith and creativity. Uh, the subtitle of this uh, lecture is called on the artistic origins of political disorder in modernity. And I want to begin with a citation from Professor Bernard Danhauser's essay on Nietzsche in the History of Political Philosophy, in which he says, quote, The death of God is the liberation of man from God. This would be Nietzsche's idea. Man can know, uh, can now be loved, be loyal to the earth, as Zarathustra admonished him to be. The heart of the earth is uh, gold. Uh, there is no hell. The death of God is the liberation of man from guilt. The death of God is the discovery of man's creativity. The end of the quote from Danhauser. Uh, summarizing Nietzsche. The second quotation is from Jacques Maritain, essay called Action and Contemplation. And he says there, quote, so these are two introductory comments that I want you to think about. Christian theology is a theology of divine generosity, of that superabundance of uh, divine being which is manifested in God himself, as only a revelation can tell us, in the plurality of persons, and which is manifested as we could have discovered by reason alone, by the fact that God is love, and that he is the creator. It is not for himself, St. Thomas says, uh, it is for us that God made everything uh, to his glory. Even uh, contemplation uh, uh, superabounds as in efficacious love and in action. It corresponds within us to that divine superabundance uh, communicative of its own good, the end of the quote. So the superabundance of God manifesting itself in being. So to keep alive the thought of those who have preceded us in one of the function is one of the functions of intellect to keep us alive. What has been before, or perhaps we could better say that thought is always alive, but only if someone thinks it. 
Thought is always the activity of a person. It never, even in the case of angels or God, uh, stands uh, simply by itself. Thought thinking of itself is, in fact, uh, God, to uh, recall Aristotle's definition of God. <clears throat> we are to think even more deeply on those insights and truths that make us aware of, the, uh, of what is in the first place. When something makes us aware of it, we want to think about it more. It may have been uh, something in our experience or something handed down to us that causes us to begin to think. Um, all thought uh, can be understood, but not all thought uh, corresponds to reality, uh, just because it is thought by someone. Errors uh, continue to be errors, no matter when or where or by whom they are thought. Truths are truths, truths, even if a few ever acknowledge or judge them to be true. The drama of thought includes the outcome of the struggle between truth and error. All being is true, but not all uh, thought about being is true, though it will always have some truth in it. We cannot just think error. Pure error, just as nothing, is in fact unintelligible except as a negative of being. Since our actions flow from our thought, we cannot be uh, uh, indifferent to the truth or falsity of what we think. What we can do, however, is to connect a world that uh, justifies what we want to do, even if what we want to do uh, does not uh, conform to what we ought to do. So we can think about what we uh, ought not to do. <clears throat> the world of thought thus includes the world that seeks uh, to make error plausible in order that we might act as we would on uh, the basis of the error. At first sight, a conference devoted to art and faith will not appear to be uh, likely or a proper form in which the topic of, po of politics spontaneously arises. Indeed, it should not be approached uh, here unless something is found in the understanding of what art is that might serve either to aid or to understand politics. Behind this consideration lies the issue of the relation of the practical intellect to the theoretical intellect, as we understood it in Aristotle and St. Thomas. If we recall our Aristotle, he discussed in the sixth book of the Ethics the two virtues of the practical intellect under the uh, headings of prudence and art or craft, recta ratio agevillium, uh, the right order of things to be done, 
and rectoratio factibilium, the right order of things to be made. So one of them would be human beings to be done, and the other one would be art, craft, to make something, even a poem. These two rather innocent-sounding phrases require much uh, a consideration. Indeed, on their proper understandings stands the whole issue of right order of soul and its uh, possibility. Aristotle contrasts these uh, practical virtues with the three theoretical virtues of wisdom, first principles, and science. These latter virtues are concerned only with how things are, with what is. We are content with that knowledge as its own goal, or its own good, or its own goal. Indeed, we are delighted simply to know that thing, that things are, and what they are. Such activities are indeed proper to us, human and rational beings, the activities of actually knowing things and rejoicing in them. Our one mind, as Aristotle taught us, is indeed but one mind. However, it operates differently when it considers things that cannot be otherwise and uh, considers those that can be otherwise. Already here, we note that if in our um, theory all things can be otherwise, we uh, have implicitly excluded the idea that something can be true. For here we are already at the beginnings of that voluntarism which divine or whether divine or human that allows nothing to be what it is. In the first case, when we uh, consider things that cannot be otherwise, truth is achieved when the mind uh, conforms to reality, uh, to what is. In the second case, regarding things that can be otherwise, truth is the conformity of the mind with what we ought to do in moral things or with what we intended to do or to produce in the case of arts and crafts. <clears throat> the mind as such does nothing, as Aristotle also tells us. Its primary purpose is simply to know, uh, not to do. Doing uh, uh, human action or making a, a chair, for example, uh, follows uh, knowing, uh, not vice versa. Let's say we know the chair idea, what a chair is, before we can make a chair. Something beyond mind is required to go out of mind. This is why we are beings with both minds and hands and wills. It is the human hand that reflects the mind and enables it to move outside of itself. The fact that we do uh, uh, go out of the mind is itself the primary proof that we have both will and mind in their relationship to each other, but both 
are, but both of these need hands in a sense. Among the things that can be otherwise are the things of material creation. We can make a chair or a uh, computer, uh, but only so long as at some, uh, at the same time, uh, wood remains wood and metal remains metal. We have the power and the tool of the hand to fashion the things of the material universe to uh, uh, conform to our needs and desires. In this sense, some correspondence seems to exist between mind and matter as if they belong to each other. The very structure of our <clears throat> being includes mind and hands. Uh, uh, this indicates uh, the truth of uh, this relationship. But among the things that can be otherwise are not only material things, but also our lives. We are uh, the natural, we are the rational beings whose perfection or good seems to include ruling ourselves and others, uh, um, being ruled by others. And we can do a good or a bad job of it uh, for which we are to be praised or blamed. We are the one being in the universe whose perfection is not simply given by uh, nature or by instinct. It requires some of its own input for it to be what it is intended to be. Thus, Aristotle says that the truth of the practical intellect in matters of human action is the uh, conformity of our act with what the good man would do in the same circumstances. Although seeking the advice of others is often a good idea, Aristotle does not mean that whenever we want to do something, we should uh, look, look up this uh, proverbial good man in the neighborhood or uh, online. He meant that in every act we are about to put into uh, reality, we can find within its uh, various possibilities what is correct or uh, worthy to do. We can also choose not to do what seems best or right. We do not create this uh, rightness, but we find its possibilities in being. We recognize it. These considerations are important because they contrast with the truth that is found in things that uh, proceed from art or craft. The goodness of a chair uh, concerns first whether it is, in fact, a chair or not uh, that we set out to make and secondly, so the first thing we have to do is decide is the chair. And then secondly, uh, we have to decide with uh, whether uh, what peculiar kind of chair that we make, does it correspond to what we intended to make? The truth of art or craft is thus the conformity of the thing made to 
what is uh, intended to be made. In this sense, art is free to make all sorts of things that do not exist in existential reality, but which can be imagined or pictured or as feasible in some for some purpose. It follows uh, from this capacity that a good artist can be, in another order, a bad man, nor need a good man be a good artist. In the case of prudence, however, the reason, uh, the reason element in every act of ruling oneself, family, or polity, uh, it ends, its ends, in other words, are not open to our manipulation in the way uh, we can picture uh, uh, things in art. Prudence is the intellectual of the moral virtues, as we saw. It is a judgment about means to uh, an end. Uh, first of all, oneself, uh, of the, uh, the end of oneself, of one family, of one city, and ultimately of our place in the order of things. <clears throat> Unlike art, prudence does not choose the end. The end is rather uh, a task of the speculative order and is given uh, by nature. Human action follows on and pursues the end of human life already implanted within it. And if this end is uh, uh, transcendent, it means that we are not uh, free to change it. We can reject it in practice, but we cannot change but we cannot change it. This possibility of rejecting our proper end is why, we can talk of a prudence by which we successfully accomplish bad things, personal or political. But the very accomplishment of what is wrong is itself properly imprudent and a vice. Aristotle tells us that politics is the highest of the practical sciences. Hence, political prudence uh, will correspond to this priority. But politics is not the highest science as such. The practical order relates to the theoretical order. Politics is thus, in this sense, is in the service of what man is. It does not establish what man is. That comes from nature. Politics, taking man from nature as being already man, is responsible uh, to uh, uh, assist him uh, in being good man, as Aristotle said. We do not cause ourselves to be men, uh, to be what we are. What it is to be man is already what we are when we come into being. This is true for every actual human being who has ever conceived or lived. We are not the principal architects of our own what is. 
is given to us. We are not asked either to exist or to be what we are. Art, however, has a certain likeness to the divinity. Indeed, when Aquinas spoke of creation, he spoke of it as the result of God's practical intellect. And what was created was the result of God's willing a chosen order uh, into existence. This is the order that is open to our intellect in reflecting on ourselves and on the world in which we live. We do not run into an unchosen world uh, when we uh, become aware of it and act in it. We live in a world that is what it already is. But within that world, we have a certain uh, dominion uh, whereby we can fashion what is not ourselves to assist our purposes. In this sense, the world does not simply exist for itself. Its very order is open to intellect. But we cannot fashion ourselves into other beings. <clears throat> we remain human even in everlasting life. What we are, we can understand. But we are already what we are. This fact is why our uh, purpose in life is finally, uh, is fully to become what we are. But this becoming what we are in its complete sense includes our active participation in becoming what we ought to be. Augustine's restless heart remains the primary fact that at some basic level, we all realize uh, this orientation of our own individual being to transcendence. Both the essential characteristic of art, taken in its complete extension, is to instruct us how to make something uh, so that it's, uh, it is constructed, uh, formed, or arranged as it ought to be, and <clears throat> thus uh, to uh, secure the perfection or goodness uh, not of the maker, but of the object itself which it makes. This is Jacques Maritain's uh, comment about art. He says, Art, therefore, belongs to the practical order in the sense that it instructs us how to make something, uh, considering not the use we should make uh, of our uh, free will, but the manner in which the work as such and in itself should be executed. We may thus say that art is concerned with what is to be made. The end of the quote of Maritain. So art concerns what is to be made. The question behind this observation of Maritain is whether man himself is something to be made or something already made uh, such that he, what he is, can be uh, discoverable by reason. He is not something he made, but something he, to be perfected in what he already is 
and this by his own agency. Let us suppose, however, that we reverse the priority of art and politics in the understanding of practical intellect. Let us uh, postulate that politics is in fact an art and not a prudence. What follows? In a too little known uh, book, uh, The Structure of Political Thought, Father Charles N. R. McCoy uh, addressed this issue in a careful, uh, profound way. <clears throat> the relation of art and prudence is, in fact, key to the understanding of what Machiavelli is all about in the history of political philosophy, in the history of thought itself. McCoy says the modern theory of politics begins by uh, reversing the order between prudence and art. It will see a liberty that is proper not to prudence, but to art, by uh, conformity uh, simply of what the uh, prince actually uh, produces with what he intended, intended to produce. The opening uh, phase of modern political thought avows an indifference to the morally good. Uh, it frees men from an obligation to a moral order founded on man's given being. Prudence concerns means to ends, not ends themselves. This Machiavellian position that permits the prince uh, to use either a good means for his success is but a first step. If the prince uh, is an artist of the political order, he has the freedom of art when it comes to his practical subject matter, which ought to be to uphold what is of right and to reject what is wrong for human beings. But if his subject matter, that is, the free and rational citizens, can be treated as things whose individual ends are not uh, the concern of the prince, uh, then he can uh, treat them all as means uh, to his end without having to consider them as uh, uh, responsible beings. But if the prince is free of the distinction of good and evil, he acquires a new sort of freedom. He can use either good or evil means uh, to achieve his end. He is a successful prince if his political creating uh, conforms to what he wants. He is not to be judged as a uh, by a criterion of an uh, abiding good and evil, but by the good of his uh, creation, which is successful if it is what he wants it to be. McCoy calls this Machiavellian uh, reversal, uh, but the first step, first step, it requires uh, raw power to put it into effect. Is there something better? What if the new understanding of man 
in which he uh, could define himself uh, were not the result of political power, but of a new understanding of nature. Nature itself will be freed from all metaphysical and theological conceptions, McCoy said. The mind would thus not be subject to what is, nor would uh, human beings have to uh, conform to what they uh, ought to do and ought to be. We will reverse the priority of the theoretical and the practical order, and within the practical order, the reverse uh, make art superior to prudence. A new kind of liberty will be sought. Quote, it will seek a liberty that is proper neither to prudence nor to human art, but to divine art. For divine art had always been considered to be uh, the principle of the works of nature. And it will define the good not in terms of an end which man seeks, but rather in terms of the very being of man, which uh, becomes the principle from which all things are made, all things uh, humanly significant, uh, which become the uh, totality of significance. We need to understand the full force of this intellectual background. Man literally replaces God as the cause of what he knows in nature, including our own nature. In this context, we have at our disposal what is in fact a divine art, we are free to create any sort of world or human being that we can or want. No other justification is needed uh, other than our very doing it. <clears throat> no nature exists to which we are subject. In effect, following Kant, it is the new science of physics in which this divine artistic world uh, comes forth. Experiential science is getting close uh, to him, We're getting close to him who made the, the universe. It is because, it is the quote, it is because the uh, structure of the universe depends upon him, that's the God, who made it. Uh, that experimental science uh, gets away uh, from the uh, givenness of things as uh, as formed uh, uh, to things as formable. You know, let's say uh, we look at the things as things as already formed uh, and not as simply formable, uh, which would be from the divine power, uh, which would make it what it is. The trouble is that in the uh, present order, we obtain our ideas about what to uh, search for from uh, a science by already existing uh, regularity in matter. 
So the patterns of nature already exist. And this regularity uh, suggests that nature bears an intelligence uh, that is not uh, merely uh, its own, a substitute intelligence, as McCoy calls it. In other words, the human intellect is a receiver, uh, not a maker of what is. Quote, the ultimate point in uh, common between the new physics and the new politics is their unconcern in their aspect of arts for the familiar world of common understanding. And quote. We live in a world of common understanding, yet we see in the logic of the uh, premises that McCoy has spelled out that we have, in effect, rid ourselves of this uh, human nature that is given to us. Uh, we have substituted a concept of human nature that is subject to nothing but itself. Everything is permitted except the notion that for human beings, for the human good itself, uh, something is not permitted. The dynamism of the modern world, including often its art, is that of a uh, systematic uh, defiance of the order of things that the divine art established. This defiance <clears throat> is possible, uh, uh, no doubt, because human ends and purposes must be chosen or at least accepted. The divine artist cannot create a free creature and then remove his freedom. He is free, in other words, to defy God and concoct his own world. On this point, the uh, free creature must either accept or reject what he is. If he rejects it, uh, he must logically seek to invent a theory or idea of himself and the world that does not include any of the uh, order that is put there by the divine uh, uh, artist. In the beginning, I cited a, a comment uh, of Werner Danhauser about Nietzsche, the notion that we that the death of God is the foundation of modern creativity. The word is precisely chosen. This creativity of the death of God means that no limits or restriction can be found for what man can do with himself. Whatever he does or makes of himself, uh, provided it is of the result of his own will, is uh, permissible. What is not permissible is to uh, maintain that man and the cosmos are created by God uh, with a given us a superabundance that, when spelled out, is really what is best for man and for the universe itself. The given spiritual challenge of modern man seems to be nothing less than the uh, eventual 
realization that God looks out better for him than he can look out for himself. How do we think about these things? In an old Peanuts scene, Lucy is sitting on the floor uh, reading her uh, to her younger brother Linus, who is paying close attention uh, to the words. She reads, And so the king was granted his wish. In the next frame, Lucy continues her reading. Everything he touched would turn to gold. And then she could do that the next day. In the third scene, Linus suddenly uh, leaps to his feet to shout, Stop! Stop! You don't have to read any more. I know just what is going to happen. In the final uh, sequence, Linus is walking away with Lucy, uh, simply looking at him. He tells her, these things always have a way of backfiring. We can evidently for a time go ahead and make choices that we are, uh, that are contrary to what is. We can even build uh, nations and civilizations or the sun's premises. We are left the freedom to make choices that uh, carry consequences down the ages in both uh, families and in nations. In the book of uh, Ezekiel, we find a famous scene in which uh, the Lord finally uh, consents for not to charge the children for the sins of their fathers. We are to be uh, responsible only for our own sins. And yet, as we know from the doctrine of original sin, uh, the free choices of other uh, of others will affect us. Uh, God does not isolate us from them, from these uh, choices. This is uh, part of their heinousness. But it is also a testament uh, to the uh, respect that God has for our free choices. Things that look so very good will backfire uh, to cite Linus's words. They won't work even while they're working. In conclusion, I should like to recall another comment of Maritan, one in which he distinguished between poetry and mystical experience. I do this in the context of my argument about art or poetry and uh, a, a politics that exempts itself from the true ends of man. Quote, poetry, uh, poetic experience uh, differs in nature from mystical experience, Maritain wrote in his Approaches to God. It is concerned with, that is to say, a poetic experience is concerned with the created world and with the immeasurable or innumerable uh, enigmatic uh, relations of beings with one another, while mystical experience is concerned with the principle of being 
with its uh, unity uh, superior to the world. Veritan speaks of the divine superabundance. The creativity of the artist is indeed a reflection of the inner being of the Godhead, but the effect of this origin and our relation to it uh, is not that we can find something better uh, than the divine artist, uh, artist's generosity. Our own uh, substitutes uh, will leave us only with ourselves. We will be cut off from being and we will uh, find in reality only ourselves and our own footsteps. The mystical experience, I venture to say, is the revelational answer uh, to that science that purports to recreate a world in man's and not God's image. It is understood, it is concerned with, as Maritain put it, the principle of being uh, with the uh, unity superior to the world, the end for which man was created and elevated was uh, to live the inner life of the Godhead. To contemplate this uh, end strikes me as more exciting and wondrous than any of the humanly made alternatives, however imaginative, however inventive or ingenious uh, uh, or artistic or uh, to family follows or the cosmos so that the creation of what is is really when examined a greater uh, end or destiny than any of our own creations. The end of the lecture. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.